Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit The following is rated M-A-L-S-V. It contains strong language, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Discretion advised. Ah, this is the life. Aye. There's nothing like the sea to pick up your spirits, put a song in your heart. I know what you mean. You must know a lot of ocean songs. I do. Here's the CGT my mother taught me. Love, exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you and love, life's sweetest reward. Let it flow, it, it flows flow back, back to you, the love of Parksy, what is that from? Why do I not know that? Well, that was just what we were the conversation we were having earlier. John Candy and Summer Rental. Oh my God! How did I forget that? The mo- oh, that's perfect. My favorite song in the world, and and it's only now more my favorite song because of John Candy's involvement. In it. <laughs> I mean, that's just that makes it perfect. Hey, gang, welcome into episode one twenty six of Latour Live. Dave Latour here with you, along with Michael Parks, and welcome back from VK, the one, the only Central Pennsylvania radio icon. Frank Schofield. Frank, tell us about your vacay. How are you? You look relaxed. You look calm. Yeah. Well, I just smoked. So. (laughs) What did you smoke, Frank? (laughs) Was it medicinal? (laughs) Medicinal is much stronger than regular. Yeah. That doesn't. That's here or there. Um. No, I'm back. I'm relaxed. Things are good. Vacation was awesome. And, uh, you know, happy to be back at it. It's so weird going on a vacation when you're going through this COVID, when you're going through this pandemic and all that stuff, when people are home or things are disrupted, where you have to keep that one eye on the news of what's what's going on. And you're you're kind of at half speed, full speed. It's just vacation was very different this time than past vacations usually you work real fast work hard and then oh you can't wait to break now it's like okay this is all odd you're on a tightrope and now you're on vacation you're still on a tightrope but you're in a different place on a tightrope you know what i mean you can't help you can't help but uh pay attention to it like i was two weeks ago i was in cape may and everywhere you look in cape may somebody's got a mask on or um Every restaurant has their table outside on the front lawn because in New Jersey you're not allowed to eat inside restaurants as of yet. So it's constantly in your face. But when you vacation, Frank, I want to know the Frank Schofield typical vacation. Are you a reader? Are you a heavy drinker? Are you a beach guy? Can you sit on the beach and relax? What kind of guy are you on vacation? I get up at 630 I have, um, we went, you don't the, sleep in, you don't sleep in. No, 630. And then you get the chairs out and the umbrellas out on the beach around 
quarter to seven, seven o'clock, go back in for a coffee, back on the beach by eight, out on the beach until four o'clock. You know, like I'm out there the whole time. Do you read? And, See, because you've got older kids, too. I've got an eight-year-old, so there's constantly something going on that requires me to either threaten my child or play with them. So you can just hang out all day. Yeah, I just sit in that chair all day. And, you know, you just jump in that ocean, and, you know, I'm a beach guy, for sure. And, you know, I'm on my phone. I'm making phone calls. I'm doing stuff. I'm reading magazines, you know. It's typical like you, Dave. ADD, you got to move. Even when you're on vacation, you're still kind of half-working. You, you know, ride waves? Oh. Are you a body <laughs> surfer? Yeah. Well, no, I go in them. Like, I see them coming, and I duck it. I, I get into them, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you won't ride know, one in. You won't ride one in. Uh, no, because you just get hurt. You don't have a boogie board, Frank? Um, I do not. I do not. I thought about one, but the, the kids and my wife, I said, the only way I'll boogie board is if I get flippers. And they said, you are not going to the river. You are not going to the ocean with flippers. And I said, that's, that's the way real boogie boarders do it. You got to have flippers to control yourself, you know? I think that's a really good point because – uh, on my vacation, I saw a guy with flippers on who looked like a moron, but then he went out there with a bodyboard and he was crushing it. He absolutely it. crushing it because he could speed up with the wave and catch the wave just right. Yeah. I think you're onto something there, pal. Well, I think so How about the uh, little board that you ride on the uh, the waves, like right on the edge of the uh, sand there, where you skim no, down like a skateboarder? <laughs> No, that's skimboarding. We're skimboarding. too old for that. I mean, Jesus, we'll break our we'll break our backs doing that stuff. Yeah. That, that's for losers. That's for losers. <laughs> or highly athletic teenagers, you have to admit. Right, Frank. Frank so you're back at work at Harrisburg University. Um, give us a sort of concert update. Is there anything we can look forward to in 2020 at all? No. <laughs> No, no, right. no, no, things are pretty much being pushed out till spring. Uh, you, you might get a late show in December, but, you know, the industry is pretty much focusing on Feb, March, April, and then a, a strong summer resurgence. And I, I think I speak for Hershey and for us on that. Summer shows are coming together and the industry is preparing. You know, I think I think everybody's preparing for a vaccine this winter and then things kind of rebounding back you know, kind of next year. But who knows? We keep pushing these goalposts further down the road, but we can only plan to move again. And that's kind of where we are. Do you think this was supposed to be an unprecedentedly unprecedented cool summer concert uh, series in the capital region, both with Harrisburg University and Hershey? Do you think 2021 will top it from what you know right now? Yeah, I think... I think it'll be equally as good, but I just think the enthusiasm of having a show again will add into that. I think that'll make it even more memorable if it does happen. You know, I, I got to I gotta say that if it does happen. We're planning for it, but in this day and age, as you know, Dave, we got to just keep uh, planning, and in the back of our head, this might move. Well, let me Parksy, ask you. guess what popped up, Parksy, on my Facebook uh, anniversary the other day? Three years ago. I was in the VIP section, thanks to Frank Schofield, for the Paul McCartney concert at Hershey Stadium. One of the few concerts I will go to these days because I'd never seen a former no, Beatle before. Don't ruin this. Don't ruin it. Don't. Please. 
And this is the one where the infamous uh, Dave's wife, we, which we won't bring up, okay. Hey, Frank, but <laughs> so I, would ask, the, I would ask Frank a the question. Backstory, hold ahead, on, hold ahead. on. The backstory for our listeners is that Frank got my wife and oh, I go. tickets. Here we go. Great tickets to Paul McCartney, VIP section, drinks, you know, the whole shebang. Well, Frank was having a really good time. I introduced him to my wife. He was, you were sort of spastic. I didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden he spilled a beer all over the bar right next to my wife. And she's like, who is this guy? Jerk ass. And, I, and I just remember saying, that is Frank, my good buddy, the guy who got us these seats. She goes, oh, oh, okay. All right. To this day, you're embarrassed <laughs> by that, Frank. But I think that's an awesome yeah, that's, story. Uh, well, not when you hear it a million times. You know, what's funny, though, is I recorded part of that concert and put it on my Facebook post. And I just sat there and just kept rewatching it, thinking like, wow, this is how things used to be. There's Paul McCartney on the stage. The crowd was packed. It was a gorgeous summer night. I mean, I miss those times. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got to hope that gatherings come back down the road. Uh, they'll probably look different. We don't know what they're going to appear to be. Uh, but. You got to hope that they're going to – all we can do is hope. As humans, that's all we can do is hope and sell hope. You know, That's kind of what we do. We sell hope. But I got to ask you, Frank, what it, and I know it's hard to look into the crystal ball, but you figure next year everybody's going to go crazy over trying to get the bands. So, A, is it going to be more difficult to get the bands to come to see us? Will they play for less money? It's like, you know, supply, demand. Do you think it will change the entire concert arrangement? deals um what you just talked about's already been done it's already i mean we're doing that now for next year no. so it's not like we're thinking about this down the road next year is being booked right now oh, good. And, and it's being thinking that yeah this is going to happen now and this is this is uh what it's going to be and you know i i have to be optimistic i mean it's my job you know if i can't be optimistic then what am i doing you know right. so we we got to think it's happening, and you know, we'll take it from there. You know, you got to say the same for restaurants. You got to be optimistic. I know it's so hard considering you know last week's. I do feel that the governor picked on the restaurants last week. That was unfair, very unfair to restaurants compared to all other retail, anything else that goes on in this world. Um, but you just got to hope that you know that we beat this. That you know, well, Frank and Frank, you're right, and everything's good. Frank, I take issue. I take issue with your criticism of the governor. I mean, clearly it's the fault of restaurants and not constant protesting in some of our largest cities where the largest spikes have been. We've got to blame it on restaurants. And, of course, is what the governor referred to as, quote, unquote, dive bars. You know, it's, um, but I'll say this, Dave. I know I criticize them and I think it's wrong for what they're doing. But you do look at the bigger map. Things are held down. I just think it's wrong. I just think it's wrong. I just think it's a bigger picture that we're not all the states are not on the same page and it's every man for themselves. And I think that's why we are where we are. That's how the states wanted it though. You know, a lot of people say oh, well, we need was- a national this. <laughs> we need a national this, we need a national that. Democratic governors are very clear when they told the president, we want to you won't tell us how to reopen. We're handling it ourselves. We can't have it both ways in this country. But I think you make a I think you make a very good point. But I still can't help but feel how unfair the whole situation is. I was in Cameron County, of all places, this weekend, little area called Cinnamahoning in a, na- in a national forest at my father-in-law's hunting camp. 
full outhouse uh, facilities, I, I should note. Uh, you talk about living in nature. And these little places in Cameron County are closed. Uh, and there are virtually no presence of COVID in Cameron County. Uh, Philly and Pittsburgh have the most spikes that the most spike, if that's a term that we've seen. Yet Cameron County's little mom and pop shops that barely are surviving have to all close down because of a statewide edict. I, I, I thought we were going to be more we were going to use precision in this stuff. But clearly, it's a statewide effort that once again punishes places like Cameron County, Perry County, uh, places like that. That I just M- McKean. I, it just it makes no uh, it makes no sense to me. It just you know for me, we've if, if we're going to go after places where the spike is, go after where the spike is. Don't drag down all the I, other businesses out there. I think the small businesses. I mean, I just heard of a restaurant. You know, in Hershey, that's going to be closing down soon, a very prominent restaurant. And I don't want to say who it is because I don't want to right. out there. But, you know, I think if you're a small business or a small restaurant, it might make sense just to shut down and let this storm pass through and then kick open on the other side in the spring or next summer. I mean, I don't know why fight this at half open is not going to work because you're going to have expenses. Shut it down. Shut down. We have no expenses and then open up later down. But and then we'll see who can survive that and come back. I heard the millworks in Midtown Harrisburg. I don't know if that's true or not, but I was told yesterday the millworks is just going to stay closed for the remainder of the year and focus on 2021. That's just what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not. So that makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, there is something to be said for doing that rather than trying to accommodate a 25 percent capacity, whatever the heck that is. Hey, gang, we're going to be right back here with uh, Latour Live. Coming up uh, in segment three, our old friend, PA, lobbyist, lawyer, pundit, Scott Paterno is going to be on the show. Uh, Supposed to be on vacation. Somehow he ended up back in Hershey. We'll get the whole lowdown when he comes on in a little bit. But, uh, hey, we'll be right back here with Latour Live, WHP 580. Hey gang, welcome back. Latour Live segment two. Uh, got a new little game coming up where we're going to test Frank and Parks. But uh, I just want to I want to pull something out of the vault, Frank. Uh, I, I felt it important to bring up uh, Parksy's tweets again. Uh, I just want to <laughs> take a look at them. Hmm. Uh, Parks, you had a tweet five days ago where you say, boogity, 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 let's go racing, boys. DW guest on the TN Tennessee Gov with fans in the stands. It can be done. Let the good old boys show you how. You all scientists haven't figured out the science yet. Let us figure it out. If you could translate that for us, I'd really appreciate it. NASCAR was racing in Bristol, Tennessee last Wednesday. So basically they started allowing fans. That was the first race that came by. So Bristol holds 162,000 people. They allow maybe 30,000 people in the stands. A DW is Daryl Waltrip. Uh, anybody who follows NASCAR, he was a commentator on there. has been off since they right. didn't allow the commentators. So when they start a race... Uh, D.W. would come on when they wave the green flag, and he would go, boogity, 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 let's go racing, boys. 
So they brought him in. He was a guest of the governor of Tennessee, and Fox uh, brought him in from their suite and set it up. So it kind of was like a reunion and brought it back. And so uh, not only in Bristol on Wednesday, but in Texas Sunday, uh, where they have uh, you know seating for close to 200,000 people, NASCAR is allowing tens of thousands of fans where they're separated. If you saw the stands, it was family members and things like that spread, right. out, spread out the stadium. So my It'll thought was... It'll be interesting was, to see if this serves as a template for some of the professional leagues. Like, I know some NFL teams have already announced they won't have fans there based on actions from their state governments. But it'd be interesting to see if, you know, the Steelers have already talked about it, the Packers have already talked about having a limited number of fans in the stands. It'd be interesting to see how all that plays out. But well, in any event, your, your neck... Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, well, I, I think it's interesting that right now... NHL hockey starts Thursday night. I watched Major League Baseball last night. I watched the Orioles, the Phillies, and so-and-so. No stands. They're piping in crowd music. I watched baseball last night. I watched live baseball last night. Hockey's going to be starting up, and they will certainly follow the Premier League template of piping in that noise. So we might get to the place where sports is coming back and being pushed back, and that might help society get through this door you know, I'm trying to cut cut this corner. Uh, but yeah, NASCAR. You saw golf this weekend. Golf golf was fine on TV. I had no problem right. watching it, knowing what was up. So it seems like all pro sports will be back within next week, two weeks. Football is going to be the big challenge, and also basketball. Uh, we'll see what these contact sports are like, because you know, in the NHL, if you test for COVID, any player tests for COVID, they are not releasing that to the public. There'll be no public records of who tests positive or what's going on with any of the players. That's part of their uh, player agreement. Uh, I don't know if football is going to have that or any of the other sports are going to have that. But it's really kind of fascinating to watch sports come back now within this week. I think it'll be interesting. Look, we'll know who the players are that have it. They may not release names, but all of a sudden when that guy's out for the game or out for the next four games, we'll know exactly what it is. But. Yeah, I, I get the point of protecting identities. Hey, Parks, you had a tweet that says, damn it, turned on the derby on NBC and bet against American Pharaoh. I'm out 10K. Thanks, David Latour. What's that all about? Uh, that was months ago, I guess, when they re-ran the Kentucky Derby. And I happened to you just turn against, on. You bet no, what American happened was I, I I just I turned on the TV out of the pool bar, and I saw the so race. It was just a poor joke. It was just a poor joke. Yeah. So basically, I didn't realize they were rerunning. <laughs> they were rerunning the Derby. They were doing a rebroadcast and doing a simulation. So that was just a poor joke. And then you you referenced Tiki Man Radio Coastal Americana Radio. Mm-hmm. On your Twitter, is that a new radio channel that we need to check out? Yeah, it's uh, Tiki Man Radio. It's uh, based out of. It's funny because I thought it was based out of Key West, but it's based out of this dude's bar in Tennessee, and basically, <laughs> which kind of bummed me out. It's kind of like uh, drinking a land shark and realize it's made by Anheuser Busch. Um, but then this guy, basically, it's you know a lot of these guys do their own streaming radio stations. So uh, he's got a great little Americana. It's kind of uh, a, a, like a great Scoman sitting on the pontoon boat music channel where they just don't play Jimmy Buffett, Kenny Chesney, and a bunch of other stuff. They play all these great artists from uh, Florida, Tennessee, and it's all about uh, just chilling and relaxing uh, by the water. Okay, so I want to play a new game with you guys, all right? It's called Overrated or Underrated. I'm going to give you a topic. You tell me, Frank Parks, 
whether it's overrated or underrated. Okay. Okay. Number one, overrated or underrated masks. Frank. Um, I, I'd probably say underrated based on the climate. Parks. I don't know what you're asking. So underrated. Are would, they overrated in their importance or are they underrated? Oh, over, like on their importance. Yes. Uh, underrated. You think so? You I think changed, we need to really focus I, on I changed more? my mind after talking to him. Yes. If it's, yeah, if it's something little like that, honestly. Um, you know, we think about seat belts. We think about people wearing safety glasses and things like that. And I think, according to a lot of the people that we talk to, if it's if it does make a difference, and I think it does from all the doctors that I trust and respect, I think we should all wear a mask. Number two, overrated or underrated, recent Pennsylvania spikes in COVID. The danger, is it overrated or underrated? Frank. I'll say overrated. Yeah, why? Because I think I think these would have happened regardless, and I just think it's the, the course of the, the virus. You know, I just think it's the way that it would have gone. See, deaths are going this way. Fair. Right? And plus, and plus there's a lot of double reporting with, with all these numbers as well. Extreme, right. Parks, Frank, you see this hand motion, Parks? Yep, going down. Frank, you're absolutely right. They were extremely overrated. Uh, we were talking about the number of uh, cases that went up from normally around 600. They jumped to 1,000, close to it. Yesterday's reports reported 700. One-third of those numbers were from Allegheny County. And plus, like Frank says, everybody who gets tested normally gets retested again within 24 hours, and those show up if they show up positive. So they'll be counting yeah, again. I'm, I'm aware of people in like homes being shifted into Dolphin County, where they're in one county shifted to Dolphin County, and they'll count it as two as two uh, positive as two cases. Case. Yep. Yeah. Over or underrated haircuts? Ooh. Um, because of COVID. Male or female? Now look, male all or three female. of us are bald. <laughs> well, all I, three of us are bald. Over, but we still have to get trims. Overrated or underrated? It's in the same category as getting dressed up or getting dressed or how you look or whatever. So I'd probably say, I say just right. I'm not going to say either way. If, it is what it is. If you're a, if you're if you're a female, uh, underrated because I never realized the importance that that women put on having their hair done or cut. For men, for me, I got the Dave Latour Manscaper. I set it on number two. I can do cut my hair every single day, so I don't need uh, a, a barber. I use one, by the way, on the clipper. Just, just FYI, I use one. All right, quickly, want to move through some of these. Overrated or underrated? Biden's polling lead over Trump. Overrated or underrated? Frank. Boy, who knows? This is a good test, Dave. Who knows what these numbers are these days? Um, I'll say that's just right. I'm not going to go over. You cannot do this. You are cheating <laughs> on the game. I, I, I'll give you, I'll give you one free pass to say just right. Now you got to say, are his polling numbers overrated or underrated? Right. Yeah, Captain I'll say, under, <laughs> I'll say underrated. Okay. All right. 
Parksy? Frank did a, Frank did a uh, Captain Kirk Kobayashi Maru and tried to uh, change the rules of the game. Um, I think they're they're overrated. I, I think they're overrated. I I just believe that. I look at some of these polls and then you look at the sampling of what they're doing. I I just I can't believe the polls that are out there and and have him ahead for what he's been doing lately. By the but way, you there was a, but you wouldn't be surprised if this election was a landslide. For, for who? Biden. For Biden? Oh, Biden. I'd be surprised if it was a landslide. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, if it was yeah, a I landslide, would I wouldn't be surprised would be. if he won. Okay. Right. All right, next. This is going to be probably our most controversial one yet. Overrated or underrated, Frank? Yellowstone. Boy, I think I got back in. <laughs> Don't say this week's episode. I haven't seen it yet. No. I'll say overrated. I still think, you know, Jimmy falling off that freaking horse and getting that girl climbing on top of him was just like, <laughs> stop, just stop, you know, in the hospital bed. Just stop. Stop. He's very forward. I've never seen a girl like that. I was like, wow, that's <laughs> right. Hey, hey Frank, Archie? Frank, like they said in, in this uh, week's episode, barrel racers. Just remember that, Dave. Yeah, just remember that. I think, right. it's, I think it's overrated because what they have to start a new story, and now they're doing the same old uh, thing where they have to establish the storyline, the characters. It's going to take five episodes or six until it really starts getting meaty when the confrontation and comes. And by the way, where's Rip? Where's Beth? I mean, they're secondary now. They're not even the like answer, main players. The answer to the question is Yellowstone can never be overrated. Oh. Next topic. Next topic. Overrated or underrated, NHL's August orgy. Four games a day starting August 1st. Overrated, oh, underrated. I think it's underrated. I think it'll be good hockey. They're going to follow the Premier League of broadcasting games, piped in music. Um, I think it's. I, I think it'll be good, but I think there's going to be a breakout that shuts it down real fast, maybe after two weeks or something like that. Parks. But I think it's going to be good TV. It's going to be good for the fans. I was quickly, I just want to call Scoman out because he said there would not be hockey at all this year, but uh, they I did come through. But I think Frank's I right. I think it's underrated. I think I think people are going to really turn into this. I love the orgy. I love the games. I think everybody's going to enjoy it. But like Frank said, it's on It's on a... On a, a it could break at any moment. Right, it's a tightrope. <laughs> it's a tightrope. And I think players are going to get hurt because they're not seasoned. They're just they just started this week. Now all of a sudden they're gonna be banging each other and their 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 skin isn't thick. It's gonna be a mess. Overrated, underrated. Teachers' fears about going back to school in the fall. Oh, Dave. Why do you do this to me? My, my, wife's, my wife's a teacher. Why do you do this to me? Um that's all I hear about. My my eyes glaze over. It's like so what's your I'm answer, really I think it is so wrong for society, for Pennsylvania, for this county, for everyone, that every school is doing their own thing and they're up to their own to come up with their own rules. Like Lower Dolphin's doing one thing, Cumberland Valley's doing another thing, Hershey's doing one thing. They're all different. They're all different, you know? And I I don't overrated know. Overrated or underrated teachers' fears, Frank. Mm-hmm. I think it's underrated. I, I think their fears are legit. You know, Marcy, 
Well, I, I, I just think it's over overrated, and I will uh, use as my argument to Dr. Brett DeLone, our kind of COVID expert here on WHP 5 and he's on every day at 7 o'clock with uh, RJ. And uh, he had a unique unique stat regarding school-aged children uh, Wednesday morning, basically pointing out, and these are figures from the CDC, um, 279 school-aged kids have been hospitalized from, since the start of COVID. So nationwide, 279 school-aged kids have been hospitalized. 21 died. S- over 60% had underlying issues, which is the reason, pretty much the reason why they were hospitalized. Now, he compares this to what's been going on in the flu season. The last known stats were from 1718, 2017 to 2018. During that time, just from the flu, 187 kids died from the flu with over 10,000 hospitalized from just the flu. And by the way, according to the CDC, school-age kids are the least, least vulnerable of uh, the people affected from COVID-19. Well, I think, well, then that just, I can only, based on the news I read today, that leads me to believe that we need to shut all the schools down, right? When you look at math like that. Yep. Well, they All say right. these schools under the CDC guidelines, you have one, you send everybody back, one kid test positive, they got to they gotta shut down for two weeks. All right, gang. Hey, listen, uh, that was a lot of fun, boys. We're going to be right back, segment three, with our old friend Scott Paterno, right here, Latour Live, WHP Scott, you've been listening to the first two uh, segments of the show. Any thoughts before we dive into the issues uh, that I want to talk to you about? Well, I, you know, I think the one thing you guys are talking about, the masks, whether they're overrated or underrated. You know, I, I don't think there's a question of them being overrated. My question has been from the beginning, make the recommendation, tell people it's the right thing to do. When you make it a law or a mandate without legislative action, that creates a bad precedent for me. So if you see my Twitter account, I am very critical of the fact that there's not legislative action making that a requirement, while at the same time saying, wear a mask. Because my problem isn't the mask. It's going to be Governor Shapiro, you know, four years from now saying, hey, there was a shooting in Pittsburgh. We now have to shut down all gun sales in Pennsylvania because it's a a clear and present threat, and I'm using the emergency powers. That limitation works to me. Yeah, it should be brought at the Fed level. Yeah, well, but we fought the feds. I mean, like, you know, on one hand, we're complaining the feds haven't responded fast enough. On the other hand, every time the feds make a recommendation, there's a there's some type of pushback, depending on what color team you play for. Your boy chose not to lead. And that was the problem that got the Uh, country. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a registered independent. So be careful on the know your boy thing. (laughs) Okay, let's be clear about something. I became independent the morning Trump got the nomination. I am not a Trumper. (laughs) Hey, that leads me to my first question. That's a LaCord boy, then. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. You can throw that on Dave. Dave loves Trump. My first question, Scott, really had to do with Tom Wolf and his unchecked power. 
you know, look, I, I kind of liken what he's doing now to Democrats getting rid of, rid of the filibuster rule in the U.S. Senate, you know, that allowed just, you know, they wanted to get through votes on judicial and executive branch nominations. And Republicans said it's going to come back to haunt you. And now Republicans are in control. And Trump and Mitch McConnell have done how many? Hundreds of judges uh, because well, of Jerry Reed's decision. Probably another, they're going to push through another you know, a couple of dozen between now and the election. So, yeah, so they totally made that work for them. So Democrats in PA are kind of celebrating this absolute power Tom Wolf has. And I just think it's going to come back to haunt them someday. Everything comes around in politics. Someday I think you're going to have a Republican governor have unchecked power. Well, I, I guess my problem with the unchecked power, too, is it's just antithetical to everything we believe in as Americans. The idea that one person is making the level of decision that we're talking about is very discomforting. I, I, look, I'm not even saying that I can particularly disagree with the governor's policies on certain things. There are right. things he's doing that I think are probably good steps. I just want him to engage the legislature. There's no excuse not to be working with the legislature when they are in session, in town, voting on bills. There's the, the emergency power. And I keep tweeting this. It was designed for exigency, not eternity. And the exigency is passed. We don't have an immediate, you know, he has the ability to act through the legislature as we speak. He doesn't need to do it himself. Scott, what does exigency mean? So like, let's say a cop comes to your house and knocks on the door. Right. And he's there to drop off a leaflet and he smells marijuana. That's an exigent circumstance. He can go in your house because he's, right. you could then destroy the evidence. Exigency means there's an immediate problem that you need somebody to be able to act without having to go through the usual due process. And that's ended. We don't have a need to not, you know, there's no emergency right now that requires him to act without going to the legislature. He could do it with the legislature at every step. What's your take on Wolf's actions with Lebanon County? refusing to pass along the care fundings. You know, I, I've gotten an argument with people on Twitter said it wasn't political that he did this at all. I think it's absolutely it's the most political, one of the most political decisions he's made. And you can tell that it is. It's been universally decried across the state. I mean, the, there are op ed boards in Pittsburgh saying this is a bad idea. This isn't something that's just being done by Lebanon County. John Mysick said it. Yeah, I, exactly. John Meisig and I are like a broken clock together. We agree with each other once every couple of months. But, right. you, know, the, the, you know, the point being, I, you know, it, it looks like political payback. It certainly sounded like political payback when it was announced. And ultimately, you are punishing 140, 145,000 people for the actions of a couple of people who are political opponents. And when you get into that type of action, that's really disturbing. We're being joined by our good buddy, uh, Scott Paterno, with a very cool Hockey Valley hat on. Uh, what are you thinking about college sports? I mean, uh, you know, you know a thing or two about college football, I would presume. Uh, what is your take? I think you and I are kind of aligned on this. That it's going to be really hard to pull off fall college football. They're not pros. These kids have to go to class. It's hard to put them in a bubble. I think it, it's asking a lot of these kids. Well, you can't put you first of all, you're talking about 18 to 22 year old young men. You're not going to put them in a bubble where they don't find 18 to 22 year old young girls someplace. <laughs> so the right. bubble concept has always been if you look at where the, the, the numbers are spiking now, it's young people. It's people that we locked up away from their significant others for the better part of three or four months. And now they're out having a good time. I think the problem with college sports, too, is going to be 
how do you say it's safe to have football back and not have everyone else back on campus? Penn State's going to have maybe a third of their students on campus, and that's as of today. They're going to be doing any class over 250 students is going to be remote. Most classes are going to be part remote, part is only going to be about a handful of classes that would be full-time in person, and that's going to be classes of 10 to 15 people, which are 400-level graduate-level classes. So how you can say it's not safe to bring those kids back, but it's okay to put those football players into a facility where they're going to be in contact with each other all day, living in a community where there's no way to completely isolate them. They don't have the resources the professional team has to isolate them. I, I Look, I, I hate to sound like the voice of pessimism here, but I'll be very surprised if you see college football this fall. I think you could do spring if we get a vaccine. Sure. If we get it, you could do a four-month season almost where they'd have a training camp in March and then three months, April, May, June, that would culminate with the playoffs and perhaps a limited bowl schedule. I don't know. And you but know who's going to win the national title in that scenario? Somebody like Northwestern. Because Penn State's going to lose Micah Parsons. The that's what I was movement. just about to say. You're going to lose all the – any junior that's that can go pro is not going to risk getting that injury come that spring. And then the draft is probably – you know, I think the NFL is going to play. I don't know. I mean, I, how they do is we'll see. But, uh, but assuming the NFL goes forward with some type of season that ends before March, they'll have their normal draft. They'll have all that other stuff. Right. You have seen you've seen Trevor Lawrence for the last time playing college football. You've seen Micah Parsons for the last time playing college. And, and I could be wrong. Micah may be a rah rah guy. I shouldn't use him, but a guy of that level, a guy of that that talent, would be crazy to risk a forty million dollar contract to come play a spring ball where you're not going to have the right lead in, where the conditions are going to be completely different from any type of football you ever played before, and the the risk. You know, so a team like a remember Butler that went to the NCAA finals two years right. in a row. Right. You get a team that has a bunch of good seniors that have been working together, that have a tight knit group. You know, that's the type of team that come out of nowhere and win one. And ironically, this might be the best chance Michigan has of winning the Big Ten. In the last <laughs> I mean, literally, you could not get through this without a Michigan barb. Oh, I hate Michigan. Like, like I hate <laughs> anything. But I think you're right. Though. I mean, Penn State. This was looking like their best team in several years. It's it's really a shame some Certainly of these defensive. teams that have yeah. been building. Yeah. yeah, even your second favorite team, Pitt, had uh, had uh, had has uh, one hell of a defense coming back, a three-year yeah. starter at quarterback, and all these guys are gone. I mean, they're they're not coming back. But, and that's really what's good. You know, I, I think that's going to be the coaching that you know, when you talk about the recruiting job coaches have to do. The recruiting job you're going to have to do between now and let's say the spring season is going to be convincing those marginal juniors. Going, look, you're not going to get taken in the first five rounds. You're, you're maybe looking at a $50,000 signing bonus at most. You know, trying to convince them to stay is going to be your challenge. What do you think about, let me shift directions. Uh, the question I have here on my notes, and, and this is really for anybody too, is the left insane when we look at, when we look at Portland, when we look at the whining about federal officers in cities that, have been, that, are, that are being burned to the ground, uh, when they're ignoring gun violence that occurs in cities because it doesn't fit a political agenda. See, here's the reason I think Trump doesn't get blown out, because I think there's a lot of people out there that a lot of people are scared to speak their minds these days. I think a lot of people are scared of the left. I'm not saying Trump wins, but it kind of seems like the left might make it easier on him because they seem kind of nuts. Well, I mean, they certainly, if you're going to take the extremes, I think both sides are nuts. I think the extreme right, right. and the extreme left are both totally crazy. I agree crazy. with that. 
Yeah, the extreme left right now happens to be on display because they are right. hosting these, you know, whatever you want to call them, COVID transfer parties, protests, whatever you want to call them. But as these things happen, yeah, I think that definitely helps Trump with the flyover with the red part of the country to say, look, you know, this is what happens if the Democrats have complete control. Now, at the same time, the Democrats are going to be able to flip that, I think, fairly effectively and say that some of the conditions that created this have been brought about by actions Trump took. So I, I don't know that anybody really wins out big time on either side of this. I think it motivates their base. But, you know, ugh, it's ugly. So, so what's your prediction then for the election? If you could call, there's an election right now, Scott. Where, where do you see this thing going? If it's held today, I think Biden wins. I think Biden wins probably 325 electoral votes. I think he, you know, he carries Pennsylvania. I think he carries Wisconsin and Michigan. Now, that's today. And that's before we have seen what I suspect will be the ugliest campaign anyone gives Trump. Look, the one thing about Trump you can say about him is he has no limit. Right. There's nothing he (laughs) won't do. So as Biden goes out and does it, look, they do a debate and Biden looks lost at all. You will have ads that will be carpet bombing swing states. And they're going to carpet bomb. Uh, And on either end of that bumper is going to be footage of the the protest. And it's going to be, look, do you really want this guy running the show? And where do you sit as far as if Trump loses and Trump contests? He's definitely going to contest if he loses it, not leave the office. Yeah, I think he's. I, I think he goes, and I, and I think that you know he'll contest it. Everybody contests now. That's that's a given. That being said, I think he still leaves because at the end of the day, there's going to be a guy with a service revolver going, "Sir, you're no longer the president. You need to leave." <laughs> and that's it. Like you know, we, no matter how much you want to stay, unless you've got those guys willing to keep you in the building. You leave. And I, I think he wants to buy OAN and go get rich, you know, taking that 15, 18 percent that worship him. Yeah, and I just corporate, you know, doing that. Yeah, so, I don't think he, I don't think he's going in. I, I don't think he's going to have to be dragged out of there, by the way. And but I think he brings up a. I think we all need to keep it. The thought on mail in ballots. And if we have close states, it could take a while to call these states. Yeah. I worry about a close election in November with no clear winner in 24 hours and people starting to freak out in this country, mail-in ballots have changed the dynamic. And if, you know, we need to get the word out. And I think our various state governments need to get the word out that we may not have a winner right away. And that's okay. That doesn't mean anything's going wrong. It just means we've got to count mail-in ballots. Yeah, you're going to be talking about counting an unprecedented level of those ballots. So you're probably talking election week, election two weeks before you actually know, especially states like Pennsylvania, where if it does end up close and those mail-in ballots become the margin of victory or margin of defeat, you know. It's three weeks after the New York primary and they still can't call races because of mail-in ballots. Now think about November. Now clearly we know Biden's going to win New York, but it's an example of what could happen with the huge turnout and this new onset of mail-in ballots. Hey, gang. Hey, Scott, you want to hang out for the fourth uh, segment with us, what we're watching? All right, hey, gang. Uh, last segment left. We'll be right back. What we're watching, WHP 5A. You messed up. You read the paper. You accidentally watched the news. You inadvertently find yourself in the vicinity of the blues. Bust your ass to get the good life. You make a habit out of overtime. When the big report card comes, your priorities are way out of line. 
You need to go to summer school Get your ass to the beach Or at least to a pool At summer school Just know when to keep And to break all the rules Hey gang, welcome back Last segment Do we got the song, Parksy? Do we got it queued up? Are you, you ready? Hit it what you watching? What you watching? What you watching on TV? What you watching? What you watching? Time to tell old dealer T. Scott Paterno, lawyer, lobbyist, pundit, college football aficionado. What are you watching? Well, I'm gonna go back and rewatch Summer Rental now after the opening. That's for sure. <laughs> That's a classic movie with you know. Scully's catch of the day, but uh, right. No, I, I watched Greyhound last week, which I really liked. Uh, that's Great the Tom thing. Hanks uh, submarine movie, you know, uh, or convoy movie. And I, you know, the nice thing about it was it was not overly Hollywood, Hollywoodized. It was the tension was built organically. There wasn't this like big confrontation where he's having this mano y mano with a guy, he's this boy, you know, faceless German. And it was a lot of it was just it was a very entertaining, fun movie. It was a you know, it was a good movie, that, and I watched it with my kids, and they they liked it too. So that was a plus. The other thing I'm watching, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, because I didn't see it on before. It's on Netflix, so I just started watching it. It's goofy, and I don't have to think. This show called The New Girl. It's, it's been off the air for a couple of years. It's got the uh, New the Girl. Oh, she was the girl from the uh, the the lead character is the girl from the Elf. Zoe Deschanel. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoe Deschanel. But, like, just a cute, easy, like, friends-type show that I don't have to think about, which right now, after all the heavy crap that's going on, I'm totally fine with mindless entertainment. Awesome. All right, good ones. Frank, back from Baycay. What are you watching? You know, it's hard for me to watch TV right now. It's hard for me. It's just not – it seems like it's less fun for me. And, and I don't know if it's because of the times, because you're thinking about something else. You're not settled. You're not comfortable. It's just hard for me to sit down and get into a show and get excited about it. I am still watching Below Deck, which is one of my favorites. Um, can't can't get enough of that show. Can't get enough. <laughs> is that the reality show on the yachts? Yep. Yeah, right. I love okay, it. Okay, I've not seen that. I might have to check that out. I can't get. I got a crush on several of the girls. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I have been digging into the Shark Tank. Uh, marathons that haven't been on CNBC on a regular basis. I, you know, I started digging the Mandalorian also. I haven't really, I've never watched that before. Love that show. It's, it's, it's mindless, you know, and I thought Greyhound was great. There's no character build. They got right into it. I'm curious to see, was that really on a set or was that all CGI or how did Hanks really work that as he, cause there wasn't much more than outside of that cabin of that captain's room. You know, so I'm curious to see how that was kind of done. But I thought Greyhound uh, was really, really strong. From what I understand, they did everything with CGI except the actual, like, set of being on the bridge. Like right. That boat. No kidding. Like, everything else was CGI. And it's believable. Yeah, it's, it was, it's very, believable. very believable. I thought it was really cool how they would look for the oil slicks after they yeah. try and torpedo the subs. Like, do you see anything? You know, I mean, I thought that was really cool stuff. He's our... Um, he, he's our modern day James um, James Stewart. I mean, he, he's our modern day classic actor. Can you he bosom buddies? Come on now, give it up for bosom buddies. Yeah, right. Yeah. Where it all started. 
I mean, like, think about how, how how woke he was. His first show, he's a crossdresser. Bachelor, I, I bachelor party, show. bachelor party. Oh, come on, Adrian Zamed too is in that one. Come on, now. <laughs> that's who Latour could play. Latour could be <laughs> yeah, he's Adrian Zamed. I loved Adrian Zamed in Bachelor Party. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Parksy, what are you watching? Quickly, um, you guys, Frank didn't bring up Yellowstone at all, but I'll just, because I know you haven't watched it yet, Dave, but with just two uh, quotes from the thing, the old hired hand near the end of the show will go, barrel racers. Remember that? And then the famous line that they used in the previews, you are a trailer park and I am your tornado. So just remember that. Remember that when you're watching this episode. And quickly. It's a soap opera. It's male soap. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. No, it's not. It's awful. I will never admit it. All right, just quickly, now I'll turn it over to you to Dave. Uh, Frank, uh, Dave uh, invites you over to his house tonight at 5 o'clock because, once again, the Trump pressers will start today. From the garden at at 5 o'clock. So we'll be over at Dave's house if you want to come over for a watch party, Frank. I won't be watching it. I can tell you that right damn now. I will not be watching it. I'll be on a conference call. All right, here's can't, my list real quick. Can't we put light in the lungs, though? Can't we, hide, can't we just put light in the lungs? That'll kill it. <laughs> hey, just swallow some Clorox. We'll see how it works out. Okay, I saw others. I am obviously watching Yellowstone and then three others. Season two of The Alienist just started on TNT. If you want it without the commercials, buy the season on iTunes for 20 bucks. Highly recommend seasons one and two of The Alienist. I'm also watching season three of Absentia on Prime with a fantastic actress named Stana Kadich. I don't know if you guys know Stana Kadich. Google her. She's a badass. Uh, it's a action series, I think, with some depth, though you guys might call it a soap opera. But season three of Absentia on Amazon Prime with Stana Kadich. And then finally, I'm just starting the mini the docu mini docuseries Washington that was on the History Channel. Sure. I loved Grant. I loved Grant. And I'm going to watch the first episode of Washington to see if it has the same kind of pr- production values that Grant had. And if so, I'm, I'll report back on Washington next week. But... Initially, it looks pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. So Washington on iTunes, there you go, or History Channel. Gang, I want to thank our good friend Scott Paterno for being on the show. Scott, thanks for joining us. Always appreciate you making the time, even while you're sort of on vacation, but back in Hershey to take care of some house biz. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Frank, welcome back from vacay, you handsome devil you. And uh, Parksy, as always, you are a true pro on the big board. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Man. And thanks to everyone for listening us listening to us here on Latour Live. We never take it for granted, so we'll see you next week with a new episode right here on WHP 580. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.